for the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is Steve Warren along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. Coming up today, it's the home opener. We'll talk about Daniel Alfredson back in the saddle with the organization. Not sure about his title yet, but the Sens confirm that Alfie has now returned. Alex Formanton is not. He has re-signed in Switzerland for another year. It all fired up uh, since the last time we got together, and that was a 5-3 loss in Carolina. And that game had some good moments for the Sens, but it also had some really, really glitchy moments. We saw newcomer Jonas Corposalo allow a really tough game-winning goal. We saw some real breakdowns, particularly from the guys on the blue line, some real big mistakes in the game. Thomas Shabbat with some really shoddy defense on one of the goals by Jordan Stull. So some good things to take away from it because that is the class of the NHL. Like That's as good as it gets as far as NHL teams go in the Carolina Hurricanes. That is expected to be a contender this year, but obviously some things to work out in the early part of the season. Yeah, as high as your expectations may be uh, out there, people listening this morning, uh, let's understand this is this is a Stanley Cup perennial Stanley Cup contender. This is a very good team. This is uh, highly possibly the, the Stanley Cup champion for this season. So to lose your first game of the season on the road, I mean, it's their home opener. They're fired up. Uh, were you really yeah. expecting a win? I don't think so. So yeah, there were some glitches. The D zone, some some. It was almost like watching the same old movie again, wasn't it? Some some D zone mistakes, uh, some brutal goals allowed by a goaltender. Uh, you know, usual glitches, but some positives too. Steve, they look good. The D zone coverage, for the most part, wasn't bad. I like the new pressure system down low. Uh, that lot more speed in the lineup. The forecheck looked good. They they answered the bell in the third period, came back with a couple of goals to tie it. But there were some positives to take out of that game for sure. Now they're going to need almost a decompression chamber to go from a team like the Carolina Hurricanes, who will be near the top of the standings, down to the Philadelphia Flyers, who are expected to take a step back. And they weren't that good a team last year. So the home opener is kind of a, I mean, it's only game two of 82. So that, I mean, that that speaks for itself in a way. But for game two, it is kind of a big one for the sense. Not only is it the home opener, that's always going to make it a big game. You want to impress the home fans. This is the unveiling of the new product after all. But fans are going to be a little angry if they don't pull off that victory. And again, not just because it's the home opener, but because it is the Philadelphia Flyers. And this is a team that's had so many bad starts. Like you look at the 20 game sample size with the Ottawa Senators under DJ Smith. It's been bad every single year. So good starts are the name of the game for this organization at this point in their history. And so losing to the Flyers in your home opener would not go over very well with the fan base. Exactly. Uh, I just mentioned it, the same old movie. We've seen it before. Let's not see it again, right? Last year, they did open with a loss in Buffalo and they came home and played five at home last year too, did they not? It was four, at least. Uh, Here you've got five in a row at home and not the strongest of competition. The Philadelphia Flyers are going to – they might not be very skilled. They might not be the the old Flyers, but this is a John Tortorella coach team that's going to be fired up, and they'll play hard. They'll play physical. They'll be in your face all night. They're going to give you a good game, but it's a team that that the Senators should beat. If if it's a playoff Ottawa Senator team, this is a game you should win. And so are the next four, quite frankly. Sunday afternoon, it's uh, Tampa Bay. Is it afternoon or evening? Sunday they play Tampa Bay. 
Uh, then you got Sunday Washington. To, yeah, Sunday night story. Then you got Washington, Detroit, and Buffalo. You got five in a row here at home. Make some hay. It's time. Like nothing. No, no three and two here. Like it's got to be four and one or five and zero oh to to kind of get everybody back on the ship here and and kind of convince the fans that yeah you know we're for real we're different now and this is serious stuff and we're going to start strong and and I really think that I believe they can go five and zero oh, and I'd like to see see them give it a shot starting this afternoon. Yeah, you're right about John Tortorella coach teams. He's a fiery character. He says a lot of stuff in the media, um, and he's not an easy guy sometimes to play for, and doesn't suffer fools gladly, and certainly doesn't like players who take shortcuts. So you know you're going to get an honest effort this afternoon uh, from the opponent. So uh, that is a good point, the Tortorella side of things. Again, they're not expected to be great in the standings, but they're certainly not a pushover by any stretch. And they do get a big uh, asset back. Sean Couturier, you remember when the Sens had three first-round draft picks back in 2011? I think it was Pajot, or not Pajot, that was a Pajot draft year, but the top three were Zibanejad, uh, Matt Pumple, and Stefan Nason, who we saw against Carolina earlier in the week. But also in that draft, the Sens were really considering Sean Couturier as a possibility, and he missed all of last season. He, he's emerged as a guy that can get you almost a point a game in the NHL. Very quality player, but he missed all of last year with back surgery to repair a herniated disc, and he had to repeat the same surgery eight months after continued pain, numbness, migraine headaches, leaking spinal fluid like that is all kind of nasty when you get down to it but uh you know from a big picture standpoint good for him after missing all of last season to be back in the lineup and feeling good yeah don't forget he's also probably a selkie candidate when he's at the top of his game he's he's one of the top two-way centers in the league uh he he brings something to that lineup you still got travis connectney there although there are trade rumors swirling around him all the time there's still some players there that can contribute and, and Carter Hart, you know, yet another, let's turn the page and try again to be the goalie I'm supposed to be. You know, maybe he's going to, he's going to show up finally this season and give them some decent goaltending, but they're, they're not, a, as I said, they're not a pushover, but like, come on, let's be serious. If you think you're going to make the playoffs, this is a team you have to beat and not, not a three, two in a shootout. This is a team you have to beat and beat convincingly. I've not seen, as as we speak right now, who's going to be starting in goal for the Sens. Like, but let, put your coach's hat on for the, the Sens and your DJ Smith. Your newcomer, Jonas Corposalo, had a really tough third period. Are you in a mode of, okay, in the early going, I'm just going to go back and forth, rotate? We know both of them will get a game this weekend. Would you go back to Corposalo to give him kind of a chance to, you know, rid the the thought of that terrible third period? Or would you right. go to Forsberg and just start a true rotation? Well, here's the thing, Steve. You've got Corpusalo. He's the big, shiny new toy, right? He's the free agent signing. It's not like it's a back-to-back from, it was Thursday night? Yeah, it was when they played Carolina. Uh, Wednesday night. Wednesday night, sorry. So he's had lots of time to to rest. It's the home opener. I would think the plan all along was that Corpusalo was going to play this game today. Uh, I would think that was the plan uh, for all the reasons I just outlined. He's the guy, big money, shiny new toy, home opener. He's the guy. So now it comes down to, did you tell him that before Wednesday's game? Did you say, hey, Corpy, you're going to start tonight. You'll start the home opener. And then uh, Forsberg's going to play on Sunday. If you did, now if you want to change it, because let's face it, you probably should. 
<laughs> Forsberg should get the start. He's earned it just by sitting on the bench, just by sitting on the bench Wednesday night and not giving up any bad goals. He's earned the start for tonight's game. Um, but I don't know Corpusalo. I don't know Forsberg. I don't know their mental makeup or how, how Corpusalo would react to being told one thing and now a change a couple days later. But if it were me, it would have been Forsberg based on Corpusalo's performance. Otherwise, it's it's Corpusalo. I, I would think they, they may still go with Corbisalo just because of the, the home opener, right? Like that, that makes sense from that standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, I think um, even if I hadn't scheduled that, I might, you know, in, in the spirit of get right back in there, get right back on yeah. that horse, forget about what happened in Carolina. I might consider it as well. It's always, it's a great point you make because we as media and fans, we're looking at the situation from the outside. We don't know the man. And uh, that's, that's what the inside is. Uh, information has for you like dj smith now knows corpus Allo and knows forsberg uh, knows what they need uh, a lot better than anybody outside of it so if corpus Allo is a you know maybe a twitchy sort whatever and you want to get him back in there get his confidence back high um and we all know goalies in general can be twitchy oh. sorts and uh so it, I mean, that's that's the mastery of coaching right it's 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 you can't really treat everybody, uh, paint everybody with the same brush. You have to look at you know each individual personality and try and make your best decision based on that. And more and more nowadays, right? It, it within the last two, three, five, ten years, more and more coaching decisions are based on the mental uh, approach and and the player's psyche and what how the player's made up uh, inside his head more so than than how he plays on the ice. Uh, you need to look no further than the whole Josh Norris situation we started hearing rumblings about a week and a half or two weeks ago that maybe it's it's more about how he's mentally feeling and emotionally feeling about coming back from this injury and maybe that's what's been keeping him out of the lineup is that he's not quite in the right headspace to play games yet so it is it's all part and parcel of the same thing here right what is corpus Allo's mental makeup i guess well first thing is did you tell him he was going to play already three days ago in which case now you've got to think about how to treat him mentally if you never said anything after wednesday's game about who was playing on saturday then you don't have to worry about it you pick whoever you want yeah no other lineup changes are expected uh we don't know again the goaltending situation uh but we do know both goalies will play in the games this weekend the one lineup change that could happen because in the game uh, down in Raleigh, because of the salary cap situation and injuries, uh, the Sens are right up against the cap. They had to go a man down. So they only had 11 forwards in the lineup. Looks like Zach McEwen might be ready to return, but because of, I won't get into the craziness of the um, the CBA and all that stuff, but I guess they are um, good to go to add Yuri Smeichel so they won't have the same issue. So it'll either be McEwen or Yuri Smeichel in that fourth line right wing role. We'll take a time out of the program. Oh, it's a beautiful day. Daniel <laughs> Alfredson back with the Ottawa Senators organization, and we'll talk about it after these words. Attention truck enthusiasts. Are you ready to experience the power, performance, and innovation of a legendary vehicle? Look no further than the 2023 Ford F-150 at Jim K. Ford. We have incredible deals and financing options tailored just for you. Visit Jim K. Ford today and experience the thrill of driving the best-selling truck in Canada, the 2023 Ford F-150. Visit us at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or at jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! And as we change gears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> it is a beautiful day, ladies and gentlemen. 
And the reason we play that, of course, is uh, Daniel Alfredson's uh, favorite song and his goal song when he was a member of the Ottawa Senators. And uh, we learned on Friday, all of a sudden, out for practice with the rest of the group, was Daniel Alfredson leading people to wonder, hmm, because I think I predicted on one of our recent podcast episodes that that would be a great little thing to announce along with your home opener. Daniel Alfredson is back with the organization. Well, Alfie was out there at practice with the full squad on Friday, and after the practice, Steve Steos uh, made the announcement that Alfie was indeed back with the organization. He isn't an official title yet, Greg. It'll be somewhere in between player development and coaching, but I think Sens fans are probably over the moon that uh, you have an asset like Alfie back in the organization. It's just He's always lived here. It just always seemed like such a no-brainer. It seemed moronic that previous ownership alienated this guy when he wanted to be part of the organization. It's certainly great to see, isn't it? Exactly, Steve. And as you are fond of saying regarding a different situation, it was only a matter of time. We we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. Uh, he did do work last year kind of on the cuff, on the sly, with the guys, uh, occasionally when guys were left behind on a road trip, he'd go on the ice with the health, healthy scratches or the black aces or whatever you want to call them. And it seems he's going to do the same sort of thing upgraded. So whether he'll be in charge, like he's a layer above uh, Wade Redden and Jesse Winchester and Sean Donovan, they're kind of in charge of those three guys. Or or if he's part of the coaching staff, maybe, maybe it's everything, you know, because like, he's on the ice today with a full practice with a bucket on too. Uh, that's kind yes. of Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what we'll see what comes of it when they come up with an official title. Well, let's hear from the man himself. Daniel Offertson met with the media after practice yesterday. Without a question, uh, uh, the back in the fire. I got a taste of it a little bit last year, just helping out with uh, uh, with injured guys and being around the team a little bit. And then uh, uh, it's going to be more of that this year and uh, be around more. And... Uh, uh, obviously, uh, I'm super excited and uh, uh, hoping I can uh, help out and uh, and contribute to the team. Helping out in more ways than one, not just being on the ice, but uh, with this young group. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, be a sounding board to them. Uh, I've lived their life. Uh, I'm not going to get the adrenaline I did as a player, but this is the, the next best thing. And uh, uh, you know, sharing my experiences uh, with them on the ice and off the ice. And uh, I think that's where I can contribute the most. And uh, uh, I think that was will be the most fun for me as well. Let's talk about some of, some of the ways Daniel Offertson can help. Like off the top of my head, Greg, I think about, you know, the individual tactics both on and off the ice, right? Just, you know, here's a move you can try, you know, if uh, you know, you're struggling with this or whatever or something off the ice. Uh, whether it's, you know, something like with a teammate or, or dealing with the coach. Like, there's so many ways that a Hall of Fame Daniel Offertson can really help out, particularly the young guys on this team. Yeah, I see it more, you know, like you just alluded, more individual talks, more individual discussions, whispering in guys' ears, uh, individual skills. More of a puck skills guy, I would think, than not necessarily the skating coach. Uh, I think uh, – Shelly Kettles is still doing the, the, the skating. So he's, he doesn't necessarily need to be doing the skating stuff, but he could certainly help out with the, the little dangles, the little tricks, uh, body position, puck protection. The guy was a king of puck protection. 
uh, dangling and stick handling. I can also see him working in the video room with a lot of guys too. He can offer some assistance that way, breaking down game film because they, they a player, you can go in and get your entire game shift by shift in one little package and sit there and just watch each one of your shifts. And I could see Danny, Danny Lovertson sitting with somebody in the video room going through his shifts every game. Can he be an asset to DJ Smith? Do you think like the coaching staff, Davis Payne, Jack Capuano, Ben Sexton, like we talk about player development and things, but I mean, this is a, I mean, by NHL standards, there's not been a ton of accomplishment so far for these coaches. Can Alfredson be an asset to them as well? I think he can be. And, and, and some of these players, of course, uh, they're, they're awfully young. So it's not like they're going to be uh, – Daniel Alfredson's more of a godlike figure to, to some of them. So opening up and sharing with, with him may be difficult for some of them. But as far as taking players' concerns and thoughts to the coaching staff, that can certainly help. Or, you know, he can sit down when he, if he's sitting down with individual players and he realizes, you know, uh, five of the seven guys I spoke to this morning don't get what you want them to do in this situation. You know, he doesn't have to name names. He just says, you know, this message isn't quite getting through the way you probably want it to, DJ. Maybe we need to find another way to address this issue. Um, but I can see him again. It's it's individual, but then the individual opinions become collective when it's a shared opinion among a bunch of bunch of individuals and that kind of thing, information you could take to the coaching staff. Yeah, I was more leaving the players out of it with the question. I'm thinking more along the lines of, you know, we go seven games and the defensive zone coverage still looks squirrely. Ooh. Would Alfredson chime in on that and say, here's something that's worked for us in the past? Yeah, that's interesting. Huh? I, I, he'd probably have a tough time convincing any coach at uh, at a professional level in any sport that maybe you need to tweak your tactics. I, I think, I mean, DJ has, has gone on record here that they've, they've done some things differently for D-zone coverage this year. Um Specifically, you spoke of diesel coverage. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's his place to to step in and start talking about tactics and changing things that way. Uh, that might be difficult. Like, I mean, it all depends on what his what his title is, and it all depends on how comfortable he is in in sharing those types of thoughts or how receptive DJ is to receiving those types of thoughts. I mean, DJ's got a resource there that he could certainly use. So if he's receptive to it, it's great for him. So why wouldn't he want to? you know, pick his brain. What do you think of this, Alfie? What do you think of that? Or how's this working? I can yeah. see that happening. I don't know that there's going to be major changes from it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's probably how it would go down. It'll be conversations that, uh, I mean, inevitably the, uh, the buck stops with DJ Smith, but conversations about, you know, your insight on the things you talked about, like, you know, what's going on with these guys and these players and, and, and that, not, not, that, not that he'd be a spy for the, against the players no, or anything no. like that, but just, just generalities, um, and, and how things are going, how things are looking. And, and for DJ Smith, that will be something he puts with all the other uh, input he's getting uh, along the way. And uh, just, a, I mean, it's again, it's a Hall of Fame ring added to the Ottawa Senators coaching staff and player development. How can that be anything but a, a good thing? Because, I mean, DJ Smith, again, uh, I'll go through the, ta- uh, the, the team, Davis Payne, Jack Capuano, Ben Sexton. They're all good hockey guys. They, 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 they're you know, they're relatively accomplished, maybe not by NHL standards, super accomplished, but, uh, you know, they're good hockey men. Uh, but, you know, you really can't touch Alfie's clout or his list of achievements. And so when Alfredson comes to some of the players and has discussions with them, that's that's just a different mm-hmm. layer of excellence that uh, that they get access to. 
Yeah, it's it's not unlike the conversations that he that uh, the coaching staff would have with with Giroux, or even with Brady Kachuk. You know, the leadership core of the group, getting the pulse of the room and and getting a feel for what's going on, what's working, what's not working, what do you like, what don't you like. Um, Alfie can lend uh, credence to a lot of those types of points and talk about things that are maybe the coaching staff is missing. That's 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 the biggest thing, right? It's it's one more voice. It's one more set of eyes. It's one more pair of ears to assist the coaches staff. Um, a name from the past. I mean, this is a, this is a guy who played not last season, but the year before and was a, a second round draft pick of the organization and became a free agent, a restricted free agent last year. And it was right around the time when we're talking about Alex Formanton that the whole 2018 Hockey Canada sex assault scandal, um, uh, that whole story broke. And now Alex Formanton, after a season in Switzerland, has now resigned back in Switzerland. And uh, it just it brought to mind. Why is this taking so long exactly? Like, I, 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 abso- I absolutely want yeah. the right thing to be done here. And I know you do, too. You want justice to be served. Yeah. If if a crime was committed, throw the book at everybody. But at some point you have to say, OK, let's lay charges if you think the people are guilty or let them get on with their life. Like by now you've had a chance to interview everybody in this thing 10 times over. You've had a chance to collect any physical evidence that there might be and, 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 and test it or view it 10 times. And it isn't that complicated a case. I don't think. And, and, and Greg, surely by now you'd, you'd have evidence of a crime or you wouldn't, right. Wouldn't you? <laughs> well, you'd like to think so. I agree with everything you just said. It, it, and it's not the NHL, folks. Like it's not Gary Bettman holding this up. It's the it's the London police who reopened the investigation. Like how long ago did they reopen the investigation? It's been well over a year, if not close to two years now. Like get on with it. I, I it's not fair. And a lot of the players who are on the on that team have spoken out about this because they're not allowed to represent Canada. They're not allowed to go to the World Championships or yeah. the Spengler, depending on where they are. They're not allowed to represent Canada in any way, shape, or form, at any level, at any tournament, anywhere. And that's not fair to the guys who are innocent. And there are guys that you know are innocent who weren't even there, but they're painted with the same brush. Like Kale McCarr, he wasn't even in London, but he can't play for Canada. Like, that's a problem. And if I'm one of those guys, I'm getting ticked off. Like, can you at least release, okay, listen, these guys are no longer people of interest to us. You know, are no longer suspects in this case. At least do something. Like get something out there, make some sort of a statement, an update, anything. If if not, uh, if not, just clear the whole thing and look. We give up. Uh, we can't find anything. There's nothing to see here, or whatever. We're not going to be pressing any charges and let it go. Something's got to give, and it sh- it's got to happen sooner than later. This was the statement from the team that Formington played for last year that he's now re-signed with. Uh, and by the way, it's it's basically for half a season. And mm-hmm. the club holds the option to extend the deal to the end of the season. So makes you kind of think that they're expecting something with this investigation to finally come to a head, an announcement of some kind made in the first half of their season. And there is an NHL out clause as well that allows Formington to return to the NHL at any time. But this was a statement on their website. Uh, HC Embry Piotta is the name of the club. Formington's situation remains unchanged. The club is aware there is an ongoing investigation, and to date, 
There has been no charge nor conviction against the player. The club reserves the right to review the contractual situation with the player should new elements emerge. The player, for his part, has the possibility of returning to the NHL at any time if the second investigation were to resolve like the first one did with nothing done. Out of respect for the ongoing investigations, the player and the club will not release further statements on the situation. So clearly, Ambry Piotta has the attitude of innocent until proven guilty, and at which time, if he is proven guilty or involved with this case in some uh, inappropriate manner, then they can take the next step and make the decision then. And I think there's you know, there's probably people out there who feel like that's the right stance, whereas there'd be others out there who think that, um, you know, just by being pseudo connected to this case that you uh, you don't want to touch this guy with a 10 foot pole. I, I wouldn't understand the people who feel the latter. Uh, like no charges have been laid. No names have been named. Nothing has happened. He's innocent until proven guilty, people. He's got it, the right to earn a living. You know, it's right. just, it's not fair. I, imagine if he was a guy working for 20 bucks an hour in some job somewhere and he wasn't able to get a job. Like just because he's a professional hockey player shouldn't be any different. He's a guy who has these skills. This is his job. He's got to earn a living. If something comes down down the pike later, that's going to happen. It was the same sort of statement the team made last year when they first signed him. Same, mm-hmm. same thing, same language, even, you know, like, yes, we're signing him. We're aware of this. If anything comes of it, we will, you know, we'll handle it then. And, and it makes perfect sense. In the meantime, the guy's got a right to earn a living. And again, we both come at it from the exact same point, ladies and gentlemen. We both want the right thing to be done here and we want justice to be served. Uh, what happened to the Edmonton Oilers as we change gears now quite dramatically as they fell to the Vancouver Canucks this week in their opener? I don't, I don't think any game really truly surprises me, but that one did in terms of the beatdown. I mean, if there was going to be a beatdown in that game, I would have thought it would be impossible that it would be Vancouver that was laying it down. It was the Vancouver Canucks who win that game 8-1. to one. Um, Red flag at all or just one game? Just one game. Did you watch it at all? I, I I watched the game. It seemed for a while there, Jack Campbell couldn't make a save to to save his life. And then uh, uh, Skinner didn't do much better when he came in either. So it was uh, it wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of great goaltending on the Edmonton side. And Vancouver scored a couple that probably shouldn't have gone in. Um, I, I was interested watching Rick Tockett put his number one power play out on the ice when it was about seven to one in the third period late, Thought that was interesting. And apparently Connor McDavid wasn't too impressed with it, but, uh, Hey, it's early season. It's a chance to practice, get the number one unit out there and see what they can do. Why not? Um, no, I'm, 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 I'm happy with it. I hate the Oilers. We all know that self-professed Oiler hater. So I'm okay with them losing eight to one, but really I just one game. I'm sure, I'm sure the Oilers will be fine. That is really chippy to to do that, uh, Rick Tockett. Oh, boy. I'm a big Rick Tockett yeah. guy, by the way. Uh, big fan of his in that uh, one of the podcasts that I produce, Rick Tockett was the guest, and, and there was some delay with the hosts. And so it's just me and Rick Tockett killing time on Zoom. It was a little awkward because I've never met him before. And we got to chatting, making small talk. And the cons- my son is autism, and that came up in the conversation. And Rick Tockett could easily have been like, you know, oh, okay, yeah, right, whatever. Uh, but he's really inquisitive about how he was doing and what a nice guy. And it just sort of, I don't know, it just, it, it, it sort of defies the image I have of Rick Tockett, like just the bruise or the, you know, 
nasty, right. nasty skilled player back in the day uh, and, and just a power forward in the NHL. Um, I just never thought of having that kind of conversation that there's that other side to him. And so I was, uh, yeah, I was quite pleased to, to, to talk to him about stuff and, um, and just, again, just really nice guy. It, and it, it's interesting too, because there's also the whole factor of these guys are trained PR people. Right, they're they're trained how to speak to the media and how to act in a group, and you know we're going to go do a hospital visit and how to act and speak and look and pretend if you have to. And here he is, just one on one, like there was no cameras, there's nobody else around, nobody has any clue what he's what he's saying to you or how he's reacting with you. And I mean that that gets right down to the core of who the man is as a human being, and that's that's yeah. a wonderful story, Stevie. You want, you want to hang on to that story? That's a good one. Are you ready to take your Ford ownership to the next level? Introducing Ford Pass at Jim K. Ford, your passport to a world of convenience and control. Start your vehicle remotely, lock or unlock it from your smartphone, receive instant alerts about your vehicle's health, and schedule service appointments. Don't miss out on the Ford Pass revolution at Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans, or online at jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! All right, welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Getting ready for the Senators as they take on the Philadelphia Flyers in the Sens. Home opener, a 1 p.m. face-off, and uh, there's always a lot of excitement about the home opener. And I know they're going to have a ceremony, I think, uh, about 15 minutes before face-off. So if you are going to the game, uh, check in a little bit early for that. And uh, and now that Daniel Offertson, we learned on Friday, is uh, back part of the organization, this time last year, he did drop the puck, the ceremonial face-off, uh, because his Hall of Fame ceremonies were coming up. I wonder, do they do that again? Do we? Uh, no. Do we? No. Do we go back to back. No, it'll be somebody from the uh, from the women's pro team. Oh, okay, that's my. guess. I like that. That's my guess. In the midst, of, in the midst of doing a feature right now for Faces Magazine on uh, Brianne Jenner, go. one of the three players that uh, they signed as free agents, and then they went into the draft after that. So, uh, yeah. There Very much go. looking forward to, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe that'd be the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, can be pretty exciting. The PWHL uh, begins play in January for those who are interested in that. Resetting what's going on with the Sens, uh, they take on the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers won their first game. Now, it was only over Columbus. And just as an aside, before we jump into the game again, do you think... It's a little quirky right now for for Columbus. They weren't expected to be world beaters to start with, although they've made some nice additions. It's kind of interesting to see some of the players they've made healthy scratches, like Kent Johnson was a healthy scratch the other day. I'm like, what? Is he not part of your young core moving forward? But okay. Um, but you got Pascal Vincent there, who basically came in at the last second, mm-hmm. kind of the Jared Bednar thing from Colorado back in the day after Patrick Wah resigned from the club like in mid-August, leaving Colorado and Joe Sackett kind of going, okay, what do we do now? And kind of had to get who they could get. Same sort of deal with Mike Babcock and Columbus with his whole, can I see your phone so I can check your photos out, fellas? Ends up in his being, uh, I would say, removed from the club in all likelihood. And Pascal Vincent is the new head coach. From Columbus's standpoint, long, wow, what a 
long yeah. preamble. Wow. Do you Get think do you think the Blue Jackets are affected players wise uh, by the last second change in coaching like that? No, no, it was all it was it was pre training camp. So uh, and 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 Pascal Vincent was part of the coaching staff, right? He wasn't assistant to Babcock, so any right. messaging that went out, he would be aware of. Uh, Is he running all of Babcock's systems? That's a whole other story. I, I haven't seen them play yet, Steve. I got to watch them play, and I'll come back. That's my uh, internet homework, okay. I guess. I'll try to figure that out for you. Um, okay. But no, I, you, you mentioned the Kent Johnson thing. Uh, I kind of applaud it. You know, like okay, yeah, you were a fifth overall pick, but you know what? You're not quite ready yet. You got some things to work on, son. And let's let's uh, sit you out for tonight and watch from upstairs. First NHL game, you know, watch from upstairs and see how things go. And we'll talk afterwards and see how your week of practice goes. Yada yada. I don't have a problem with that decision. I think it's uh, it's a guy trying to make his mark, and and yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna give in to to young kids and the pressure to play them and all that kind of thing. I have a, I don't have a problem with it, but the team is not very good and will not be very good. I can't see them. I mean, they're a bottom five team, aren't they? I would think so. Sean Couturier will be back for the Flyers. Uh, he played in the opener and he had back surgery, missed all of last season. That was a 2011 first rounder. So that's a, a bonus for the Flyers to have him back. Travis Konechny, the former Ottawa 67s captain, now probably the leader of that team. It's interesting. Most of the games last year when I saw the Sens and Flyers, it seemed like Konechny and Claude Giroux, who I would have thought would have been tight, it looked like they had something going. Like They, they, they didn't seem particularly... Uh, particularly connect me towards Giroux. Um, I don't know. Do you think that's a possibility that maybe there's a little something, a little, little, uh, I don't know, little beef there? Or, or you know what, Steve, the whole thing could have been just been connecting goofing around, right? Like True. we don't know True. what's actually set on the ice. He could just be coming up to him. Hey, gee, hey, hey, knock it out. Give him a little shot here, a little shot there. Good to see you, pal. How you doing? You know, you know, you really don't know. Um, I thought yeah. it was interesting, Danny, Danny Briere in a, in a press availability saying that uh, the flyers are open for business. Anybody's got any yeah. contracts you want to get rid of? We're your team. We're your, we're your, we're your bank. We're now the Phoenix coyotes or Arizona coyotes or whatever they call themselves these days. Um, and, and it's no secret that uh, the senators, uh, Pierre Dorian has been speaking with Danny Briere. And from what I understand, they offered up Fabian, Fabian, <laughs> Fabian Joseph. There's a name for the past. They offered up Matthew Joseph and the flyer said, okay, fine. We'll take him and a first rounder. And it looks like then it became Pierre trying to convince him to take some, a different player instead of the first rounder. And then it came back that, okay, okay, Joseph and Boucher. And that was a no. So it was basically Pierre wanting to give up uh, Joseph and a Lassie Thompson or a JBD or maybe even a Brandstrom and Philly saying, no, it's either a first rounder. It's Joseph and a first or it's Joseph and Boucher. So maybe who's going to bend first, I guess here and see what ends up happening. But I think Philly's a logical, a logical place to dump some salary for the, for the center. Right. Well, you mentioned Matthew Joseph, and uh, he was probably their best player down in Raleigh in their season opener on Wednesday night in the 5-3 loss, he and uh, Parker Kelly. Um, it's great to have the secondary scoring, um, but there's that old adage. I hate it. It's a cliche, but it's probably true. Your best players need to be your best players. And, uh, I mean, Tim Stutzla had a, had a goal to tie the game in the third, um, but he had some glitchy moments. Drake Batherson, I think he hit two posts in the game. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I think you could probably suggest that, you know, in, in that game, Parker Kelly and Matthew Joseph were the guys. They The best players weren't the best players, and I'm sure that DJ Smith would like to see that change around this afternoon. 
And and how much do you how much concern do you have over Vladimir Tarasenko? We sort of gave him a pass through the preseason. You know, he's getting yeah. used to things. He's an old wily veteran pro. You know, he'll get into game shape, be ready to go. And of all the forwards, he was the third least in ice time. Like that's mm-hmm. a that's a little scary. Uh, you mentioned Drake Batherson hitting goalposts. Little known fact. Um, everybody thinks it was Debrinket who led the team in goalposts. It was actually Batherson last year. There was 14 or 15. Batherson hit more posts than anybody and, and starts yeah. off the year in the same way with two. I thought he played well, but I was not impressed by Tarasenko. That's for sure. And there were, there were some, some other, other players who weren't very good, but Tarasenko is the one that's going to cause the most concern. I think we'll see what he, see what he does this afternoon. But who knows? Well, I'd say this, that, uh, you know, it's just one game. I know there was right. a lot of people on social media complaining about, I think somebody on social media referenced him as a uh, Tara stinky. Um, <laughs> he, he didn't have, he never, he didn't have an impactful game and he didn't have the best of camps. And at $5 million, you're expecting a guy that will, to some degree, be able to drive his line. I think as with most of the wingers on this team, they need a good centerman to help with that. And uh, right now you're be- you know, two of your best three are not in the lineup. And so let's see. I mean, if, if, you, if you're going to you know, fire Brady Kachuk out there with uh, Ridley Gregg or Rourke Chartier, Brady Kachuk's not going to look like Brady Kachuk either. So um, until you get your center ice house in order and, and maybe move a little farther along into the season, kind of getting used to your new teammates, I'm not going to, you know, I do have my concerns. Yeah, I do see I see some red flags there, but I'm not going to uh, suggest that uh, Tarasenko is a wash after just one game based on the circumstances the Sens are under right now. Yeah. And 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 what's the latest on Josh Norris? When do you, when do you, when do you uh, what's your prediction for his first game? Is it is it tomorrow night? It's I don't think it's this afternoon. Is it tomorrow night? Is it sometime this week? Is it who knows when, right? Uh, I honestly think if I had to bet money on it right now, even though the uh, the organization is saying we don't expect him to go on LTIR, because doing that would allow them to get Shane Pinto signed. So I think they believe that. But I am I'm at a stage where it's a kind of fool me once, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like I'm I'm thinking if I had to bet money that Norris does go on LTIR for that uh, that ten game stretch, wow. that would be my prediction. But I have no idea. Wow. Okay, uh, I'm I'm thinking he's yep. going to play before the end of the week. <laughs> We're on complete opposites right. on this one. That's a rarity, Steve. We always agree on everything. So are we supposed <laughs> to drop the mitts now and get at it? Come on. Greg, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the NFL. We can CFL tonight. It's a great time to be a sports fan, and we'll talk to you next time. For sure. Thank you, Steve, and have a good day. Thanks for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers, or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SensNationHockey.com.